This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Three guests this week on one podcast, but uh, I think you're going to enjoy it, especially if you're a football fan. We have Al Michaels, Fred Gadelli. And Mark Tunnelman on the second season of Amazon's Prime Video Thursday Night Football Package. Al Michaels, of course, the iconic play-by-play broadcaster. Mark Tunnelman is Amazon's new lead game producer. And he takes over for Fred Gadelli, who is now the executive producer of NBC's and Amazon Prime's NFL coverage. And we had a terrific conversation in terms of um, Mark taking over the lead producer role and what that will mean, uh, how they define a successful production, um, where Al is in terms of his preparation for the opening game of that package, and just facing criticism as he did last year and as Tony Romo did last year. We get into Amazon's Black Friday game, got some great stories from Al about... uh, uh, some of the green rooms that he's been in uh, regarding his uh, long entertainment career. Fred talks about Chris Mortensen and why he considered him one of the five most influential hires in ESPN history. So uh, three key people when it comes to Amazon Prime Video's Thursday Night Football coming up. Just one quick note. Had a little bit of uh, some production uh, issues on this one. So if the podcast sounds a tick off, uh, our apologies. We will... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll work on that and uh, see if we can get that fixed in certainly in the next couple of weeks. All right, so without further ado, Mark Teitelman, Al Michaels, and Fred Gadelli coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, I, I don't do many podcasts with three guests, but you got to make the exception on this one because this should be interesting. Uh, all three, the, the, the th- my three guests have long resumes, so I'm going to try to. Uh, cut it down into a manageable amount of uh, bio. Mark Tottleman was appointed the lead game producer for Prime Video's exclusive coverage of Thursday Night Football for the 2023 season. Uh, his resume is long, includes uh, the NFL Network, Fox, ESPN. Um, if you're a football fan, he has had a hand in a lot of the things that you have watched, including the NFL draft and scouting combines and and NFL Honors Award shows in addition to uh, a ton of game broadcasts. Speaking of game broadcast, Fred Gadelli, who's been a guest on this podcast before, is I think his current title is executive producer of NBC's NFL coverage. Last year, he completed his 33rd and final season 
as a lead producer for an NFL primetime game. He served as the executive producer of the debut of Amazon's Prime Video Thursday Night Football package, um, which I think um, you have to term as a, as a big success because basically the goal, I think, was proof of concept. And proof of concept was certainly uh, was certainly made. In May of 2023, Fred Gidelli was named the recipient of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Pete Rozelle's Radio Television Award. Again, Google his name. There's a lot more um, accolades with that. Um, Al Michaels is the former voice of the Hawaii Islanders baseball team in the Pacific Coast League. Um, I believe since then he's called a couple other things, including Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, 11 Super Bowls, Olympics, World Series, etc. He is now the lead uh, game caller uh, with Kirk Herbstreet on Amazon's Thursday Night Football coverage. Their first broadcast, September 14th. At uh, 8.15, Vikings at Eagles, followed by Giants at Niners the following week. I am exhausted, but Fred, Mark, and Al, welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Great Thank to you. Ready to roll. All right. So there's three of you. I'm going to address you each. We'll, 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 we'll do it like that. Uh, Mark, I want to start um, with you. Um, you know, you're walking into a very, very big seat, but obviously you have a ton of experience as well. Is there anything that's going to be unique about your producing versus, let's say, Fred or anyone else who's in the industry? Um, I think that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I learned everything I know from Fred. Uh, and so I like to say that, the you know, certainly his DNA is coursing through my veins as well as everybody who's worked with him. Um, but I think the most important thing, and he's he's counseled me this many times, is that you have to be your own guy. Um, because nobody can be Fred, let's be honest. Uh, and that would be a huge mistake. So um, I think uh, while I, 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 would, I would hesitate to say that I'm going to do something quote unquote unique, I am going to be myself and bring my own personality to it. And I think ultimately the most important thing is making sure that Al, Kirk and Kaylee trust me. They, uh, you know, they, they're good with the decision, decisions that we make. We make the right ones. We're precise. We're detailed. And then when the great moments come up in the game, that we cover them right and uh, and cover them great. Um, I think that's the most important thing. That's that's what I've learned over the years. And if if we can do that, if I can do that, we're going to be just fine. Mark, when you say uh, you're going to inject your own personality, is that your personality in terms of how it will look to me, or is it your personality in terms of how you interact with the on-air talent like Al and Kirk and Kaylee? Yeah, I think it's more behind the scenes. Um, my hope is that when you're watching Thursday Night Football, um, you know, it, it was at a very, very high level last year. Uh, and my, and I have every expectation that when you're watching the show, it's not going to look and feel that much different. We have, we are working, we're always working on bells and whistles and Fred has challenged me and everybody on the show to evolve it and to exceed where he got uh, and so that's a, that's a constant challenge, but uh, it's not something that you would notice necessarily on the air. I don't think uh, it's more really behind the scenes, and um, you know how how you lead the team behind the scenes and what's going on in the commercials, the communication with the talent, with the team. That that's really I think the key part of my job. Al, for a play by play broadcaster, what does it mean to have a new producer? What are the things that obviously his job impacts yours significantly? But and you know Mark, so it's obviously a little bit different. But what do you need from a new producer to so that you can excel in your role? Well, I think this is a more comfortable situation 
than it would normally be because I've known Mark. And Mark and I had a lot of discussions during the offseason about what we wanted to do. And the fact that, you know, Mark just said that he has learned much of what he knows from Fred. And, of course, I worked with Fred for, for 22 seasons. So in terms of a comfortability, this is different and this is good because I know who Mark is. He knows who I am. We, we kind of know what we'll get to know our rhythms a lot better. So it's not exactly the same as it was with Fred. But I, if he can just, um, as I say, and, and me with him as well, uh, help each other, communicate with each other and do it. I mean, Fred and I got to the point after 22 years, Rich, where, you know, we didn't even have to talk to each other. Our, our minds were, were a, a meld in so many ways. We were just going down the same road or maybe we would say one or two words to each other. So I'm not sure that can happen necessarily with Mark at the outset, but I think that is our goal. We want to get to that point. And I think we will. Fred, uh, you know, obviously you have bosses and, for a lead producer decision, you know, people like uh, Jared Stacey or Marie Donahoe, like they, they, they all, they have to make the, you know, ultimately it's like their decision. I'm sure I'm missing somebody who was sort of part of that, but they're obviously going to go to you and discuss like potential producers for this job. And I don't think Mark is in the seat unless you are obviously recommending him or, um, or giving him the best reference possible. So when you were thinking about who would be a, good candidate for this um what were you thinking about and why did mark turn out to be the right person from your perspective well uh you know when i took on thursday night i knew i was going to be one year in the chair and i was very transparent with jared and marie um and, and told them as look i'm going to do the first year and then i'm happy to be the executive producer the next two years if you want me to do that uh but we need to have the next person like in waiting right now and I said to me, there's one person and one person only, and that's Mark Teitelman. Uh, Jared had known of Mark. Uh, I don't think Marie had, uh, you know, and Jared met with Mark, uh, you know, pretty quickly, uh, you know, and I think everybody who meets Mark is really impressed eh, with his positive attitude, you know, how smart he is, his knowledge of the NFL, uh, his knowledge of technology. Uh, you know, which far exceeds mine. Um, so there was a comfort factor built in pretty quickly. And then there was the fact that, you know, uh, Mark was on Monday Night Football when Al and I were doing Monday Night Football. Al knew more. I think Mark used to fly back with Al to shoot the Opens in L.A. on Tuesday on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, um, you know, to me, he was the he was my only choice. I mean, uh there aren't a lot of people walking around who can move into that, you know, into a, a primetime chair. It's different than Sunday afternoon. I think Mark will tell you that. Uh, and for me, he, you know, he was the only choice. One, one more follow-up with you, Fred. And just so that the audience knows, Jared Stacy is the Amazon's director of global live sports production. Uh, very, very smart guy. I, I always enjoy talking to him when I do. Um, so Fred, you know, like in your position, I'm sure that you will occasionally be around at the same time. You know, I think you've been in the business long enough where you want Mark to sort of have his own space. And, you know, you don't, it's like the presidency. You don't want the former guy to be hanging out in the white house while you're currently running the, the right. show. So how are you going to navigate that basically? So, you know, you give Mark some space, but at the same time, your emeritus role sort of exists. Well, I mean, I went through it last year on Sunday night football, you know, Rob Highland, you know, took over for me. 
uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, how many Sunday night games are you going to go to? And I said, none. And they're like, well, what do you mean none? And I said, look, uh, you know, it's his show now. He has to run the show. And me hovering around doesn't do anyone any good in terms of establishing a new boss. Uh, with Amazon, it, you know, Mark and I have been friends for 30 years. So uh, it's, a you know, not that Rob and I aren't friends, but our relationship goes, you know, goes a lot deeper than that. So I said, look, you know, I'll come to a handful of games. If anybody wants me at more games, Mark, you specifically, just ask me and I'll be there. Uh, but Amazon and NBC installed real-time feeds into my house. They installed a communications panel where I can talk to people during the game. So I'll be seeing the game in real time. If Mark has a question or if I see something, you know, I'll be able to talk to Mark. And, you know, I'm just a big believer in that you know, transition, you know, the person replacing the person needs to establish himself and everybody needs to look at that person as the boss, not the old boss. Okay. I got one for Al here and one, one for Mark. Um, Al, my, my guess is when it comes to preparation for the season, you're only focused on game one right now. And then when game one is done, you go to game two. So are you, are you, is that correct? Or do you, occasionally, I don't know, head a little down the schedule and start doing a little small prep maybe for some of the other games? I have always been in all of the years on uh, on Monday and, and Sunday, and this is year 38 for me. I've been focused primarily on the next game, but I'm always paying attention to the whole schedule because we're going to get uh, you know Detroit week four. We're going to get Washington week five. Uh, I don't want to go into those games blind. I, I, my preparation has always been in my brain chronological. And I pay attention to everything so that I can, in my brain, when I get to that game, think about four weeks ago or last month or during the draft, this was the issue. This was the story. So, again, obviously, I'm, I'm paying a lot more attention to Philadelphia against Minnesota than I am to uh, Baltimore against Cincinnati in November, but I'm watching. I'm watching everything, so I'm prepared to go. I mean, I'm not as prepared, obviously, to do Baltimore Cincinnati tomorrow as I will be in November. But I think you have to you have to uh, absorb all you can, watch everything you can, and uh, just keep in your brain exactly what's happening, so you can always reference it by the time you get there. Mark, what about you? Are you only thinking about Vikings at Eagles on September 14th? Or, I don't know, do you do a little no bit? No way. Of yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the schedule. Uh, you know, <laughs> we are rooting for the schedule. So uh, there is, uh, I've, I've got the full command center. My, my kids are big football fans. So uh, I'll be paying exclusive attention to the Vikings and the Eagles on Sunday. But I'm just like Al and Fred would tell you, I, you, you can only be good at this job if you're paying attention to the league as a whole. The trends, what are the stories? Uh, and like I said, I'm going to be rooting that all of our teams come in, you know, as winners with big, you know, big plays, excitement. So when we get to Thursday night, everybody can't wait to see them play. I'm going to go back to Al and then I'm going to go to Fred. Um, you know, Al, you've you've been in the business a long time and I know that you read a lot of stuff. So I think in some ways you're aware that when it comes to criticism, like it can be cyclical, like, you know, at a, like it's always everybody's time. I mean, it's at a certain point. In the advent of Twitter, I mean, I even saw some tweets knocking Vince Scully. Like, you know, no one is immune to sort of that kind of world. Last year, we saw Tony Romo really, really get a lot of criticism. 
And it was also the first time where I saw um, some people say, oh, Al, Al's not selling the schedule enough or Al, Al's not as engaged as he used to be. Um, and I wanted to just get your response to um, if you saw any of that and do, does, do you react to it? I mean, is there some advantage for being having been in the business for 30 something years where like it doesn't really matter anymore? You sort of like it is what it is. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm curious how you approach that kind of stuff. Well, look, we, we live in a, in a world that did not exist uh, 20 or 25 years ago. <clears throat> and you're right, Richard. Uh, uh, everybody gets into the crosshairs at some point. Uh, you know, Tony was uh, Tony Romo was the flavor of the month when he came in. And we're all going to get it. We all, we all get it from time to time. Now, when you say get it, does this mean that in a country of 330 million people, if 10 people rip you, uh, or, or whatever they, whatever adjective the internet wants to use, um, um, internet blows up. I mean, I laugh at that because you and I both know that if a million people ripped you, 329 million people are not ripping you. So Correct. sure, you, you know, everybody wants to be loved, but I think I would not have lasted this long where I'm not doing it the right way for the vast majority of the people who watch football. Uh, so you can't, you know, if, if you look over your shoulder and one of the worst things I think anybody in the public eye can do is type in their name on Google and see what people are saying about them, because you'll get a lot of compliments and you'll get a lot of slings and arrows. So you just have to go, hey, look, man, I'm doing this job. I, I sort of know how to do it. And I think when people felt that maybe I wasn't as engaged as they wanted to i think we also live richard and you would know this as well as anybody where a lot of the calls of games now are on youtube uh after the game and let's hear the local announcer in manhattan kansas scream his guts out when kansas state scores to win the game right and that goes as they say viral i've never been that way i'm not going to scream my guts out i mean i've had some pretty good calls at the end end of games and they are shorter than longer and I'm not screaming my guts out, but we live in a society now where there are a number of people who say, Hey, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear the announcer go crazy. It's not me. It's not Buck. It's not Nance. And there's a reason that the three of us have been doing what we're doing for so long. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fred, um, I want to ask you a macro question sort of about NFL broadcasting. There's a lot of changes this year um, that exist. Um, there's additional flexing now that a couple of networks have, obviously, including Amazon. Um, you saw um, Sunday Ticket move. Um, we on Amazon have a Black Friday game, which I want to ask Mark about, which is which is pretty which is pretty interesting. Um, is there anything for you that really sort of maybe stands out above the rest where when it comes to sort of some of the differences for 2023, you and your position are like, hmm, all right, that's that's actually going to maybe change some things. 
Well, I think, you know, the fact that Monday Night Football has flex, you know, that's that's going to be a big deal for Disney. Uh, you know, the, you know, Al and I went through this, you know, the last five years we were on Monday Night Football. I think in December, collectively, in those five years, we had two games where each team had a winning record. You know, so that's two games out of 20. Uh, now, not guaranteed they're going to have, you know, uh, you know, ABC or ESPN is going to have a game where both teams are going to have winning records, but they're probably going to avoid the dreadful matchup that that happens when you're picking games in April and they're going to be played in December. So, you know, I think that'll be significant. I think the fact that on Thursday night football, you know, we don't have every NFL team, you know, so there are, you know, some few teams that there's not much expected of this year uh, that are not going to appear on Thursday night football. And we have repeat teams you know, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the New York Jets. You know, I think that's going to be a big boom for Thursday Night Football. Mark, I want to ask you about, uh, and I know it's a little bit down the road here, but the Black Friday game. Um, I feel like as a producer, you don't often get the chance to, like, be uh, be like a first, like to do something that no one's ever done before. But but you guys, you have this opportunity I actually think this game, I mean, obviously it's going to depend on the quality of the game, but I think conceptually, like, this could be really big. Like, I just think, like, it's an interesting day to do this. You got, like, a, a total, like, marketing sort of campaign that people just, like, they've heard of the phrase Black Friday, like, kind of markets itself, which is kind of cool. I'm sure for Amazon's purposes, obviously, they'll be able to sell a ton of stuff. But I don't know. Are you, do you have any sort of unique thoughts about that particular game? Because, again, most producers do not get the opportunity, particularly for a league in the NFL, to do something, to do a game that's never been done before. Uh, first of all, I can't wait for that game. Uh, when I found out that there was going to be a Black Friday game on Amazon, I went, why has this not happened before? It just seems like a perfect thing because you watch the three games on Thanksgiving and then Friday you've got, you're kind of like jonesing for more. Um, so I think we're all really, really excited to get there. Um, and I think like Fred and Al experienced last year with Amazon for the first time getting to create something new. Um, you know, that's a pretty satisfying and also an overwhelming feeling. Uh, I know that the company as a whole is really, really targeting that day as a seminal moment, not only for for the Thursday night football franchise, but for Amazon entirely. Uh, so we're all really, really excited. We have some, I think some pretty cool plans in store for that day, but um, the most important thing is to put on a great telecast, right? So yes, we're going to have fluff. We're going to have fun with the pregame. We're going to, we're going to do some things that are a little different because it's black Friday football, uh, which also just seems to really roll right off the tongue. Um, but ultimately the most important thing is when they kick that ball off, we got to make sure the Dolphins and the Jets that we are doing, you know, the best job that we can, like we would every single Thursday night. So I don't think our job, my job as a producer changes. Uh, we're still going to be held to the highest standard. Uh, it just might be even more people watching, maybe discovering us for the first time on Friday afternoon. Al, I, I, uh, it couldn't be a podcast without you unless I had some kind of gambling related question. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So the NFL obviously now has, um, much more of a official partnership when it comes to sports gambling and betting to the point where the Super Bowl is literally in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. Mm -hmm. um, so we're in a different world now in 2023 than when you were calling games in the 1990s. That said, the point spread still doesn't exist on the screen there. You know, you and Kirk aren't going to 
be talking about like over under and 50 other prop bets before. But as a broadcaster and as someone who loved to sneakily sort of get some things in there to alert people to know when maybe there was a touchdown that mattered when it came to the people in the desert. Do you feel you can, I don't know how to phrase it. Do you feel a little more comfortable to sort of maybe even push a little bit further now when it comes to that kind of discussion, because the NFL clearly is in a different place now than it was when you were first starting out calling NFL games. Richard, at this moment, uh, I could do that. I don't think I'm going to do that. It was a lot more fun being the rascal when people perceived that the announcer was not supposed to make any reference, whether it was overt or covert, uh, in regard to the spread or the over-under. So I had a lot of fun. And believe me, it was a lot more fun going when the score was 41 to nothing. This game, by the way, folks, is not quite over. And a lot of people would understand what I was saying. I also know, too, that you can't get into the prop bets and all of the rest. Now, there may be a reference to a point spread or the over-under at some point. I can still do that. I mean, that's that's fine. But to get into the granular stuff and what what what, what are they going to do on third down roll? I think, Richard, my feeling is that the vast majority of the audience is not betting. And I have to serve them far more than serving somebody who's sitting there going, are they going to run or pass on third down? I can't go that way. I think there are um, entities right now where, you know, uh, on certain uh, c- cable channels where the whole the whole show is dedicated to all of the prop bets and the rest. I right. can't keep track of it. And as I say, uh, Richard, I, I really I miss I miss the fun of being the rascal. Everybody can be a rascal now. That's the problem. It's a good answer. Fred, I want to ask you a question about this in terms of. Um... Do you think it's it's obviously not going to happen during, I think, your broadcasting career, but do you see the potential, I don't know, I'll just use the arbitrary 20 years from now, do you see like things like a point spread or an over-under or like real-time betting information on the screen when it comes to the game? I, I, obviously, I think at a certain point, maybe these studio shows will will be much more heavily into gambling. I think that's sort of inevitable if indeed like this relationship exists but i'm more interested in the game because that as al had said that's like the last sort of pristine thing where it's not on there so i don't know as someone who's obviously you know accomplished as much as you've had in production do you think it you think it'll ever come or do you think they can hold off and keep the pristine screen i mean barring any type of you know societal change or act of congress i think it'll absolutely be there i think in 20 years you'll you know, you know, in 20 years, I think you're probably streaming everything or whatever the next iteration of getting, you know, the signals back to people's homes. And when you stream, you have you have unlimited channels that you can produce. So you can produce the, hey, this is for the football fan. Here's your conventional broadcast. You're going to love it. And then, hey, for all the people who want action or who want analytics or who want fantasy, Here's your channel and all this stuff will be on the screen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I fully expect it. I don't think it'll be in 20 years. I think it'll be a lot sooner than that. Interesting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, a couple more here for you guys. Mark, um, you can educate me on this. Is there any, um, how much like AI technology, if any, are you using on your broadcast? And thinking about as a producer, how could that in theory aid to your broadcast as we head forward with that technology? Yeah, it's a good question. So we've talked a lot about AI uh, in the off season and leading into um, this, you know, this year and how it can affect not only what we do in production, but how it can affect, you know, the technologies that we use in the game. You you already know that the teams are using various forms of AI, not only in how they evaluate their players during practice, but in terms of sleep schedules, it's really, really high tech on what they do on the performance side. I would say it's no different for us. Um, I wouldn't want to get too granular here, but you can already see on Prime Vision, they use machine learning in how they predict what's going to happen next. Uh, it's the, the machine learning has gotten really, really advanced, almost to the point where there are certain things they can do. Nine, nine times out of 10, they can predict which linebackers are coming. Uh, so it's not that much different than what you see from, say, ChatGPT which is learning as things are fed into it, right? Same thing applies to the NFL. The more we teach it, the more it learns. So we are using some of that technology to power things that you may and you may see on the air and things that you may not see directly on the air, but they power a lot of our research efforts and obviously some of our next gen stats that we use every single game. That's across, you know, that's certainly a standard across the league. Um, but you know, the plan for AI. We have to be wide open about it. And we have to really, really understand where it's going. And luckily, Amazon's a technology company, right? So it feeds right into everything they do. Um, and it's an important conversation to have. And it's important that we think about all of these technologies uh, and how they can best benefit us on the air. But I do want to say that, you know, we, you can have all the technology in the world. But if you put it all on the screen at once and you make the experience for the viewer subpar, then you've made a massive mistake. So I know Alan Fred will tell you that. Um, so for for me and for Fred and everybody who's on this show, we have to be gatekeepers because it can be very tempting to use this cool piece of technology and, oh, what if we did this? Uh, but in the end, are you serving the viewer? Are you enhancing their experience? That's the, that's the ultimate question. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna walk before we run here. Uh, I think a lot of people are curious where AI goes in every single industry. Um, but you can bet that uh, machine learning and different types of intelligence systems are a part of our show. And they will continue to be for the foreseeable future. Um, it really just comes down to what's the best uh, method that we can use to get the, the most out of it that we can, you know, we can put on a live broadcast that, again, enhances the experience for the viewer. All right, Al, I, this is my cheap Hollywood questions for you. I love these questions. Okay, here we go. Who's <laughs> the most famous person you have in your cell phone? The most famous person in my cell phone? Mm -hmm. Bronson? Uh, <laughs> no, God, no, please. <laughs> he, he may know more people than I know. Uh, uh, I, a lot of them comes, come from his, uh, from his thread. I would say... Would you put Bradley Cooper in there? I mean, going into Hollywood. Yeah, that's okay. that's, uh, okay. that's huge. Yeah, okay, All that's right. huge. Okay. Bob Iger, who yes. I've only known for forty six years. Okay, 
That would be huge too. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. All right, these are this is impressive. All right, there let you me, go. Let me. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be a name dropper here, but I mean, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a tra- I'm, a tra- I'm a trained journalist, and I'm answering the question. I have good name. I'm going back to another Hollywood question. For a second now, Fred. What about you, Fred? I know you have met Eminem. Is he in your cell phone or no? Eminem is not my cell phone. Uh, Peyton. Uh, you know, Peyton Manning would be in there. Uh, Sean Peyton would be in there. Um, I don't have any really Hollywood. Uh, okay. Fatal, Carrie Underwood. Uh, those would be my. Uh, those would be my. Joan Jett. Those would be my. Uh, uh, Mark, anything uh, that you know? I, I don't. I can't put you in the same category as Fred and Al at the moment. But no. you have one that stands out. Well, I've got Al. That's a good one. Lock the scholar. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know that I, I can match what they have. Uh, certainly uh, Mark Sanchez is a good, close friend of mine who I worked with for a few years over at Fox. I've got him in there. Uh, Cameron Jordan, Saints defensive end. I got a little close with him a couple of years ago, so he would text me every once in a while. That's probably about as deep as it gets there. So you have some, you, you got some, you have some goals here. All right, Al, you've done a lot of, um, you've done a lot of, like appearances on like traditional talk shows. Okay. I, 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 did you do Carson? You must have, right? Or no? No, that's the one I did not do. No. Letterman, oh, for sure. Conan, maybe? Conan, no. Letterman, a couple of times. In fact, Letterman, the first time I did Letterman, uh, the producer came in. This was when he was at NBC before he went to CBS. And he, Letterman came into my dressing room to greet me. Wow. And the producer, uh bobby morton came in and he said it's only the third time he's ever done that i said what why he had grown up in indiana when i was doing the cincinnati reds and was as a kid or as a teenager when i was you know in my early 20s he would sit at home and listen to me do do the cincinnati reds so he he asked for me to be on the show and i'm only the third guy whose dressing room he ever visited but you know kimball i've done and leno and uh and, and most of the rest and howard cern of course Oh, for me. So my question for you is if if you if something pops to mind, what's your most famous green room story or or favorite green room story for you? My favorite green room story. Um it uh, my favorite green room story does not involve me, but it's it's fantastic because there's a producer by the name of uh, Bruce Cornblatt, who's tremendous, who works with Bob Costas. You 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 may have met him through yeah. the years. And he produced Bob Costas's later show when Bob had that in the 90s, and they booked Don Rickles. And everybody on the, that crew loved Don. And Don comes to the green room, and Bruce comes in before Costas gets there and says, hey, listen, Don, we can't thank you enough. We all love you so much. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. I know you get asked this 100 times, but can I possibly just bring my wife in for 15 seconds? She's your biggest fan and just wants to, just wants to get a chance to say hello. And Don says, fine. So Bruce goes out. He brings his wife in. They come into the green room. And Bruce looks at Don and says, Don, this is my wife, Lisa. And Don looks at Lisa and looks back at Bruce and says, Bruce, she's no dog. So that was, that's my favorite green room story of all time. (laughs) And that was Don Rickles because, I mean, that was Don's humor. And everybody was uproarious. Yeah, Don anyway, Rick. I had to go outside to give you that story. Don Rick is one of the few guys that could really knock Sinatra left and right, and Sinatra would just laugh. Unbelievable. Make him sweat. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. In his, he was quick. I mean, he's quick. All right. Fun, uh, Fred, I saw on Twitter that you called Chris Mortensen one of the five most influential hires in ESPN history. That's some pretty big praise. Um, for the audience uh, listening who don't know, Chris Mortensen announced uh, that he stepped away from ESPN, um, concluding what's been a really long and impressive career. But that's a big that's a big statement from you, Fred. What was you know? There's a lot of influential hires at ESPN. So why did you feel compelled to say that? Well, I mean, he was the first insider, you know, that you know, true insider that that ESPN hired. And all of a sudden, you know, we were breaking NFL stories left and right, and they were all they were all they were all accurate. Um, you know, I put in that tweet that he revamped our draft coverage. You know, when I hired Chris for the draft, um, I had been reading him in the National, which a lot of people may not even know what that is now, but it was a daily sports paper that had some tremendous writers uh, that unfortunately didn't last very long. But I'd read his notes column like every other day, and he'd have a blurb on every team. And I met with him and I said, hey, we'd love to have you on the draft. We really need somebody who, you know, can tap into these teams. And this was like in February and uh, he agreed to do it. And then like five nights later on a Saturday night, about nine o'clock, he calls my house. He says, look, I've, I've got some reporting for you. And I'm like, wow, the draft's not until mid-April, but sure, let's go. You know, and he had like five or six things and, you know, he just – he really taught me and so many other producers and so many other talent about reporting and, and, and about, you know, stating things with precision. And the thing I really appreciated about more, aside from being a tremendous teammate, was he never cared about being first. He just wanted to be right. And I remember there were times where, you know, we had stories and I'd say, Mort, I, I feel comfortable here. And he said, you know what? I just want to get one more independent confirmation. Give me, you know, give me, give me two hours. And he would come back and, you know, he would have it and we would do it. Uh, but, you know, you know, he, you know, laid the groundwork for Adam Schefter and for, you know, uh, Woj and people like that. And, uh, you know, he really reshaped ESPN's news and information uh, as it related to the National Football League. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right final two uh one for mark one for al mark um 
how would you determine success for your first year as the lead producer of this package? Uh, well, there's part of it we don't control, which is hopefully we we'll get some great games. Um, you know that you know, but uh, my sincerest hope is that uh, you know, at the end of the year, everybody can look back and say, "Hey, we had a great year. It was a lot of fun, and we put on some really, really memorable telecasts." And when the moment demanded it, we rose to the moment. Uh, I think you know that's every producer's goal. Obviously, as you said in the beginning of this thing, I'm stepping in some really, really big shoes. Um, and you can never fill those. Um, but, you know, working with Al and Kirk and Kaylee and our entire team, we're going to grow every single week. And, um, you know, my sincerest hope, like I said, is the end of the year, Al can turn to me and say, hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. And then the last one for you, Al, is from what I understand, like, um, you've spent some time with, like, the pregame show people. So whether it's, like, uh, Carissa, Richard Sherman, et cetera, um, and from what I understand, I think it might have been Jared who told me this. Um, like you're enjoying that. Like in, it, you you like to interact with people of younger generations because it. My sense is you can learn from them as much as you know. The expectation always is like they can learn from you. Richard, whatever my body is, my brain is about nineteen. Right, I'm still a prankster. I'm still a rascal. By the way, before I answer that question in its entirety. I have a better green room story for you, which Thank just you. popped into my head. So thing. in the in the Olympics in, in the Olympics in London in 2012, I'm the daytime host, and Serena Williams wins the women's gold, uh, and then she's going to come in the next day to be interviewed by me on the daytime show. But she's very upset because I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was the way maybe she had draped the American flag around it. But she was. Serena is now taking a lot of crap, a lot of, you know, as we discussed before, the, the Internet stuff. Yeah. So I'm in my dressing room and Serena comes into the green room. I, I've never met her at that point. And her uh, her aides come into my room, her agent and a couple of other people. Oh, be careful. Serena's really upset. Don't don't really get into this thing. She's you know, she's really very, very upset about this. So I figure, okay, I better go in and meet her before I meet her on the set when we do a, a live interview. So I walk in, how are you, the whole thing. Uh, she's not very responsive at first to me. I can tell she probably doesn't want to be there to begin with under these circumstances. And I said, Serena, I know what's out there. I know what you're hearing. Serena, you know what that is? It is a cacophony of crap. And her eyes lighted up. And she says, cacophony of crap. That's the greatest phrase I've ever heard. So two years later, I'm at a party and Serena's there. She sees me across the room. Cacophony of crap. So anyway, that would be my be my, my better green room story. Now, in terms of our pregame show, those people are terrific. And I think one of the great things that Amazon's been able to do is put together a very eclectic group of people. I mean, Andrew Whitworth could be... Any, Andrew Whitworth could be the GM of a team, the president of a team, a coach, uh, whatever he wanted to do in broadcasting, a great businessman. Ryan Fitzpatrick is phenomenal, hysterical, so smart. He gets everything. Richard Sherman, I've always loved his point of view, and he's able to express that perfectly on the show. Tony Gonzalez, Hall of Fame credentials, he's there. Carissa is the all-time piece of work. I'm telling you, she does a fantastic job. I mean, that, that's like, you know, wrangling animals uh, what, what she's got to do is to, to bring them all together and 
and to make the show sing. She's able to do that. Um, Michael Smith is great in terms of coming up with the information. I, this guy behind the scenes, I think, does a fantastic job. Taylor Rooks does tremendous interviews. So I think they have put together a, a group that I think is as good as, as any that I've ever seen. And, you know, I, I've been a big fan of the Fox pregame show for a lot of years. Uh, they, they've done a wonderful job for, for a long, long time. But after one year on our show, I mean, I, I watch these folks and I know these folks now and they become all good friends. Uh, it's just a terrific group. They put it together and, and uh, kudos to all the folks, Marie and Jared and everybody else who was involved in the, uh, in the construction of that pregame show. And, I yeah. love, and Richard, you're right. You're right. I love, you know, listen, I mean, just because I'm older, I'm not older. You know, I'm, I may be chronologically older, but I'm still, I still love to goof around. I still love to have fun. I still love to be, you know, be, you know, all over the moon sometimes, off the charts, whatever it is. And uh, I love being around those people. They're terrific. Brad, go ahead. You know, the other cool thing about that, you know, when you put all those people, most of whom who have never done television, and now we're launching this, you know, there's a lot of pressure on this project. You know, I'm thinking this is going to be a season full of drama. There was no drama. I mean, like zero. There was, everybody was on time. Everybody was prepared. Everybody got along. Everybody had fun. Uh, that is kind of unheard of. Uh, and uh, it was like Al said, it's an eclectic group, but they all had, they all melded really well together. September 14th, Minnesota Vikings at Philadelphia Eagles. That is when uh, this starts for Thursday night football. Uh, the voices you've heard, Al Michaels, obviously the lead broadcaster. Mark Tidelman is now the lead producer of uh, Thursday Night Football on Prime Video and Frankie Deli. Uh, executive, uh, what is the title again, Fred at NBC? Executive producer, no, what is it? You, you yeah, executive always- producer, NFL for NBC, and still the executive producer of Thursday Night Football uh, for Amazon. Fred, like CW Post has got to be proud. You're collecting titles left and right. <laughs> awesome. And Halls of Fame as well. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, that's a good point, Mark. All right, Mark, your your goal is to get at least one Hollywood cell phone in the next uh, next five months. I feel like you can do it. I will work on that. I will, I will work on that. I will go. Yeah. It's fine if it's a B B actor as opposed to an A actor too. I'll accept that as as well. Given okay. I don't kind of B's in my side. All right, Al, Fred, and Mark, thank you for the time. I wish you guys the best of luck this year. I'm sure I will be talking to uh, all of you at some point during the year. And uh, thanks for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. Great to be here. You got it, man. Thank you. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to uh, the folks from Amazon for uh, coming on and discussing their coverage prior to their start of the season podcast before this one uh was with kevin clark now of omaha productions and espn we did uh, a little bit on the start of the nfl season and his new digital show had pat mcafee show producer and on-air personality ty schmidt on this podcast last week nbc college football analyst todd blackledge was a guest Three uh, ESPNers over the last uh, couple of weeks, Chris Fowler, Mark J. Spears, and the president of content, Burke Magnus. If you like these podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work. Thank you to everybody at Odyssey for their support. And mostly, thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.
check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.